When I was a young boy, much younger than my children are now, one of my grannies always had a knitting needle stuck down the side of her armchair. And that was true whether she was knitting or not. She did lots of knitting, but she always kept one in there, a particularly long, big one, much thicker, I think it was, than this one. And it was because with the needle and a long, outstretched arm and a bit of a lean, she was able to change channel on the television. It was a remote control. Now, of course, most, day, most of us now have one of these that we can use to change the channel, adjust the volume, do different settings, discover lots. It might be by a little flashing light on the front. It might even be Bluetooth. And, of course, with a smartphone and the right gadgets in our home, we can control the heating or the lights, even unlock the front door, assuming, of course, we can get a decent phone signal. In our passage, Jesus shows his power is not limited by his proximity to the official son. He does not need to reach out and touch. He does not need his prayer of healing to be heard by the sick son for him to get better. He doesn't need to be in the same place. Cana to Capernaum is about 20 miles. And that's maybe about, what, six or seven hour walk? I'm not sure that I've ever walked 20 miles in one day. Maybe about 10, 15 I've done. But 20 is maybe pushing it. But the official had come that distance, leaving the sick son behind that he was very concerned about. And he did it trusting that Jesus would return with him to the son and bring healing. Now, let's face it. A royal official, which possibly means one of Herod's courtiers, probably has some power and authority. And when he says jump, people jump. You know, it's that sort of thing. The only question is how high or how long do you want me to jump? But he comes forward. He calls Jesus sir. And he pleads with him. He begs him. The man of power is powerless in his situation and certainly powerless compared to Jesus and needs to turn to him. Just because someone has wealth or is in a place of power, it does not mean that all will be well in their life. 
And we know that, don't we? However, it might make their life easier at times, but it might introduce different tensions or responsibilities or strains. This individual recognised that although he personally was of the royal household, he needed to show humility to the true king of all the earth and gain assistance in his life and that life of his son. But then we see even after the man's continued pleading, as he says, come, come, Jesus says, go. Someone other than the official might have still insisted to ensure it happens. I want you to be there. I want you to do this. I want you in person. But when Jesus says go, the official goes. The official goes because he has faith. He believes the son will be healed even though he cannot see the healing has happened. He trusts in the word of Jesus. In John's gospel, there's not a huge number of miracles. There's not a huge number of signs, of healings. This gospel is fairly sparse of such events. Instead, the focus of John is very much on the words that Jesus shares, his teaching, his speaking into situations. It is the power in the word. And perhaps we get a hint of frustration about the place of miracles in how Jesus responds to the man, saying, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. He's not just using that you as this man, though. It's you in the plural sense. It's everyone. The people of this community that he belongs to, these people in Galilee that he is among. How often do we think of Jesus as the miracle maker and how often as the authoritative speaker, the word made flesh? The word made flesh come that we might know the Father and choose to accept the way. When Jesus says, go, your son will live, it is believed true. The man goes. The official knew enough of Jesus that his word was something to be trusted, something to be understood, that the authority he spoke was of God. He believed the healing would indeed take place. And on encountering his servants on the road, and note that the man must have stopped somewhere because of this distance and because it says about it having been yesterday. 
the man has his understanding of Jesus's power and authority reinforced. The official discovers that his son had recovered from the serious sickness and that this had occurred the previous day at the same time as Jesus had said go. Now here's a question for us. How do we know that the son was healed? How do we know it happened at the instant Jesus said go? How do we know and how does the writer of the gospel know that this happened at that time? How do we know that the official met his servants on the road and not after he got home? It is because, although not recorded here, although not put in as many words, that official or the servants or perhaps both started to talk about it. The healing miracle has been witnessed. Not just the fact that it happened, being seen in that sense of witnessed, but it's witnessed because it's talked about. Testimony is given to others again and again, and the news of which reaches John, who's recording the fourth gospel. He records it on parchment and hundreds of years later gives us a Bible that we can read. Faith brings restoration. It brings hope. But it also brings repeated thanksgiving and storytelling of the truth. If we have faith, then not only do we believe in the power of Jesus, but we tell of that power. We speak of that amazing ability that he can do things that we have not seen. After Danny stuck the pencils in, it wasn't a thing about faith, really. It was something that he knew and could show. but we have faith and trust in something that we can't see. And it's something that we can bear witness to. We can tell of that power. We can speak of things that we have seen in our life. Things that have happened in our family's life, in our friend's life, in our church's life. And I'd love us to share something of those stories, uh, that we could capture things that God has been doing during these few months that we've been spending in difficult circumstances. Not necessarily a miraculous story like this one, but what glimpse of the kingdom have you seen what glimpse of the kingdom have you experienced? If you'd be willing to share them, we can record it and maybe show them as part of a service or put them out in another way. In the passage, 
Jesus doesn't need to be physically present. By his Holy Spirit, he can reach out and change situations. And that is true today too. We can have faith in him and he can change things. We can still humbly come to him, bring our prayers before him, seek his solution, and he may still tell us to go and see that it has happened, to go and see something of the coming of his kingdom, to go and speak of his truth. Amen.